0: I got stuck in my driveway, had to dig out. <clears throat> it it uh, uh, happened to be, well actually I made it through my driveway, but when I hit the road, there was about that much snow between my driveway and the road. And it was only about four or five feet, but I got hung up, and so I had my, my uh, uh, Planet Earth Fitness Workout right before church, and I uh, got got out just fine, but it took a little while, and I, I appreciate my neighbor. I saw him over in his garage looking at me, um, but <laughs> he had a nice smile on his face. I think he enjoyed watching me sh- shovel my way out, but anyway, uh, I'm here. Glad to be here. Glad you're here. Right? So, Anybody else have any problems at all getting here? Just a little, not bad, huh? Yeah, you know, some. Yeah, a little some black ice out there, some slippery spots, but God is good. He's really good. I want to start this with a a kind of a humorous story, I guess you'd call it. I I had a friend who was in Bible college, and he he went to Bible college because he had a call on his heart, and uh, he he went there because he wanted to learn the Bible, and honestly, he wanted to meet a girl that would become his wife in the ministry. And uh, he was in Bible college, and time was going along, and then one semester, this beautiful young woman from Iowa came into, into the room, into the college, and he noticed that she was a number of things. She was uh, attractive. Uh, she had a call in her heart, and most of all, he knows she was really, really intelligent. I mean, this girl was smart. She was smarter than him, and he, he, rec- he recognized the fact It was a little bit out of his league because she was really intelligent, and he was, you know, just okay. But as time would go along, they became friends, and eventually sort of fell for each other, and they fell in love. And sure enough, they got married. So, he married this intelligent, remember that part, this intelligent, beautiful, God-called young woman, and they went into the ministry. The first few years in the ministry, there were associate pastors, assistant pastors, youth pastors, you know, helping out, mostly taking out the trash at the church and stuff like that. But anyway, they, they were associates for a while. And uh, <clears throat> uh, finally, his big opportunity came for he and his intelligent, beautiful, called wife to go into the ministry on their own full time. So they went to a church in Nebraska, and they uh, tried out, and lo and behold, the church liked them a lot. In fact, he was a a really good preacher, and so they said, we want you to come aboard. Well, uh, it went pretty good. He was a pretty good preacher, and along with the fact he was a good preacher, he had this intelligent, beautiful, and uh, God-called wife. So, you know, as time went along, the church started to grow a little bit, but there was a little bit of friction in the church, a little bit of concern. Actually, the concern came more from the Board of Elders, than anyone else. They were concerned about this couple because they they noticed things were starting to happen, unusual things in the church, mostly during the time when he'd preach. Uh, First of all, she'd just stare at him. This really intelligent, I mean, really super smart girl would just stare at him. And usually as he'd start to preach, she'd get more intensified in looking at him, and just you know, just the, the board was real concerned. So they called the couple in and and said, "We like your preaching. We think you're a great couple, but well, we have a concern. And here's the concern: Whenever you preach, and it's 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 gotten worse over the over the weeks that you've been here in months. And we like you a lot, and you have a beautiful, intelligent, and God called wife. Especially, she's intelligent." And he said, Yeah, I do. He said, Yeah, oh, well, thanks. He said, Well, what's the concern? They said, Well, we notice that when you preach, she stares at you the whole time. She never takes her eyes off you. He said, Well, that's, that's not a big deal. He said, Well, they said, Let's be frank. She's constantly flirting with you. She never lets up while you're preaching. And the more you preach, the more she flirts. And he said, Really? And, of course, he called his wife and said, hey, babe, come in here and listen to this. So they're sitting there, and they go through the whole story again, and said, you've been flirting with your husband too much in front of all the church. We don't like it. We don't like it. She said, oh, I know what you mean. She said, is it, is it when I throw him kisses and things like that, and, and when I throw him a kiss, I smack my lips. I go, like that. They said, that's it. That's it. It's annoying. It's just not a good thing. Oh, she said, you don't get it. She said, you don't get it. She said, after all, I am a very intelligent, beautiful, and God-called woman. She said, that's just a little thing I have with my husband. It's K-I-S-S. Keep it short, stupid. That's the story. You've all heard that before, haven't you? But not quite like that. (laughs) So don't you dare start kissing like that to me. (laughs) uh, That's really not a true story either. Just for your information. But I bet you'll remember it, won't you? Yeah. Uh, I had a friend. You this is a true story. Uh, In fact, you know him, but I I, I forsake that he might come to our church sometime. It's a missionary (laughs) that might be here sometime. But he was in a church in Missouri and his church, they'd set on their hands. He was a good preacher, a good person, but they never did anything except, ah, uh, you know, ah. Uh, you know what that is? Some of you are doing it right now. Ah. Uh. <laughs> well, you just look with no expression. It's like, okay. Well, he, well, this guy, I almost said his name. He decided, he decided, since they weren't going to say anything, He'd he'd uh, he'd make cards, flashcards from the pulpit. So he got a flashcard. He'd say, "Praise the Lord." He'd hold it up, and they were supposed to say, "Praise the Lord." And all that was good. He said, "Man, they're they're getting it, and everybody had fun with it. It was going great." And uh, he said, he put the sign down and decided not to do it. He said. Uh, as time went on, he said, I'd, get, I'd have a real good sermon, and, and I'd be ready for a praise the Lord, or amen, or preach it, brother, or something like that, and he said, they had made little signs, all the people, and he'd say, isn't God good, and they'd go, amen, they'd hold a little sign, said, amen, like that, so uh, you know who Tom is, who I'm probably talking about, and anyway, he... Uh, he said when they, uh, they pastored in Sedalia, Missouri for several years, he said for years and years people kept those little cards in their Bible and he'd have some good point. And he said they never changed. They were quiet, quiet church. But they would show the little sign. <laughs> Amen. So uh, I don't know where that's going, but it's kind of funny. I want to talk to you about God's amazing Mm. Unending, unparalleled love for us. It is so, so good the subject of the love of God. I, I By the way, I want to say before I get into that that I, I've heard from Pastor, you probably have asked too. They got out to Colorado fine, no real big mishaps, except it was snowy and they had to go slow. But they got there and they're worn out, tired, but uh, doing well. And uh, we thank the Lord that. Uh, they was able to help Ben and Destiny to move out to Denver, start their new life out there. It's I, I have to tell you, this is on a kind of a personal note, but I talked to uh, Pastor Peter last night. He called to make sure I had everything ready for today. I knew who was going to do what, and that he'd been checking the weather to make sure we'd have church and look like we could, and so forth. You know, and he, I said, well, how are you doing with the move and everything? And he said. Oh, I'm doing fine. Yeah, real quiet. And uh, he said, uh, you'll appreciate this. I heard his voice kind of crack. He said, I, I'm going to really miss destiny. Oh, <laughs> my heart just went, oh. Some of you who have children who have left your home, you know. Uh, I mean, she's married now, but she's, she's in another state now. And, and it's a tough thing. So pray for Heather pray for pastor, because uh, we all know how that feels. It's a void. We know God fills it. God takes care of it. But boy, when you're going through it, it doesn't seem easy. And so um, they're doing fine, and they're happy. And he said, my excitement for them is boundless. So he said, I just am so happy that uh, they are where they're at, and they're serving the Lord. You know, such good news this morning. I want to share with you. Let's see. I've got 10 to 11. That gives me two hours. And so... uh, Uh, not really, but I want to talk to you about really good news. I mean, really good news. The good news I want to share with you today has to do with God's openness to us. He is open to us. I don't understand how God, so big, so powerful, so loving could be so open to me and to you. Do you get it? Do you understand it? How something so big So wonderful, so glorious as God himself says, I love you. Good news. I love you. Good news. I love you. Wow. I mean, the God of all creation, the God of all things, how awesome he is. Ah, You and I are so loved. And you know what? He loves us so much. He's seeking us. I mean, it's not like he's saying, well, if they love me, they'll come and visit me. You know, over the years, I've had people who have left the church for one reason or another. And it got back to me. that They said to some of their friends, well, if pastor really loved me, he'd come and see me. Well, they just told me they were quitting the church. They just told me they didn't like how how the music was. They just told me they didn't like this or that or so forth. And then they complained to their neighbors, if he really loved us, he'd come and see us. (laughs) Well, I'm glad God is not like that. God is not moody. God is not temperamental. God doesn't change his mind. God doesn't care about uh, 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 what people say. He, he's God, and he's, he's a God of love. Yeah. He loves you no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've done, no matter who you know or don't know. He loves you. He is open about it. He is open. I was thinking about, I'm so glad that God's open with his love that I don't have to wait till Sunday to talk to God and say, God, do you still love me on Sundays? everyday well, I have a am I'm, I'm, I'm ready, and he's ready. I, I'm glad that I don't have limitations. That three, times, three times a week I can talk to God. No, he doesn't say that. And, or, or worse, what if it was only once a week you could talk to God? Or on the 25th of December only, you can talk to God? Or what, what if it's once in a decade? And we had to wait 10 years. And that finally that day came and you could talk to God. Wouldn't that be rough? Wouldn't that be rough if that's how God was? Or some would even have it, say, maybe once in a century. Finally God would say, okay, you can talk to me. I'm busy running the universe. I'm busy taking care of all the things of the universe now. You talk. But God's not like that. He's open to us 24-7 365, He loves you. He loves me. Don't forget it. Don't refuse it. Accept it now. Take it into your heart. He loves you. And I can feel the word but coming into some minds. But I've been a failure. But I have done this. Or but I doubt. Or but this or that. Doesn't matter what you say. No matter what you have in your mind, he loves you. He loves you. And I have some great news for our young people that are here today. He loves young people as as much as he loves guys with white beards. He loves you. He loves all of us. And you want girls? He loves women and girls as much as he loves men and boys. Wow, isn't that something? And you know what? He loves people who have resources and finances, and he loves people who have, who have hardly any resources, hardly any finances. He loves you. He loves you. Amazing, amazing love of God. I want to talk to you a little bit about the size of God and his love because it's so big. It's been said, one drop of water... One drop of water has so many atoms in it. I don't know what the number is, but it's very, very large. It's the number of atoms in one drop of water. If you took, and took the number of atoms that are in a drop of water, and each atom represented a drop of water, it would fill the oceans, lakes, rivers, and streams of this earth two times over. That's a lot of atoms, isn't it? Imagine how many drops of water there are in the ocean. And one drop has more atoms than all the drops of water in our oceans, rivers. Can you imagine how big that is? Uh, MIT people in uh, Massachusetts, they are pretty phenomenal in their physics and chemistry and and all their uh, understanding of measurements and so forth. They have said that... The earth is approximately 25,000 miles in circumference. If you were if you able to walk the earth from here all the way west and then come back through the east and end up here, it'd be about 25,000 miles. That's, that's a lot of miles, isn't it, around the earth? Uh, however, if you took the, the United States and the earth was about this large, how big would the United States be? It'd probably be, what, maybe like that, something like about the size of my Bible. Then within the United States, the state of Michigan. Oh, okay, here's the United States. Let's make this Michigan about right there. It'd be like a postage stamp, wouldn't you think, something like that, like that. Now, Oakland County within the state of Michigan. <laughs> you know where I'm going, don't you? This is the state of Michigan, like this. okay? And here we are in Oakland County somewhere right, right about there. Something like that. And it, as compared to the state of Michigan, is about like like a posting stamp in comparison. Then, okay, we're getting smaller as we go. Within the state of Michigan is Oakland County, and then the town you live in or the area you live in. Some of you live rural, so there's not much to gauge, but if you live, let's say, in Clarkston. I live in Holly. I know some of you, there's various towns here. But most of our towns... If we took Oakland County and made it like this, your town would be, again, just a little spot, wouldn't it? And you who live out in rural areas, it would just be a dot. You'd be a dot on the Oakland County map. And then, if you take your rural area and your town that you live in, and we look for you, you would be a dot in, for instance, I live in Holly, In the great metropolis of Holly, I still would only be a dot on a map of Holly. If you took the whole city map of Holly, I live like about right there, and I would be just a dot. So I go from myself to my town, from my town to my county, my county (laughs) to my state, and to my state, to the United States, and the United States to this whole big earth. We're not real big, are we? Now, our bodies are divided up into so many molecules, cells, and atoms, and neutrons, protons, electrons. We're we're an interesting makeup. And uh, because all of that's been studied so long, we have things like DNA and all kinds of breakthroughs. And uh, uh, we're able to battle cancer. We're able to battle heart disease because we understand the makeup of the human body. Um, But to be honest, we're kind of small in the universe, aren't we? If you took the uh, sun, and imagine it's about, about the size of the drum front right there. Our sun is 880,000 times larger, almost a, million ta- almost a million times larger than the earth. So this is the sun. The size of the earth on this would be probably smaller than a ping pong ball compared to our sun. That really makes us feel small, doesn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm already small in ho- Holly, and I'm already small in Oakland, and I'm even smaller in the state of Michigan. I'm even smaller in the United States, and I'm even smaller in the world. Now I compare myself to the sun. I'm really small. There are there are suns and planets they are really actually suns that are out there that are so large. There's... Um, let me get the name of it. I won't probably say it correctly anyway. But uh, Maximinus is the largest sun they have discovered to date. It is. is <laughs> so big. It's 8 million times larger than our sun. Now, our sun's pretty big, isn't it? If this is the earth, if this is our sun, and the earth is the size of that little thing right there, Imagine something that's 8 million times larger than this. Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't begin to fit. It, it hardly would even fit in Oakland County just to multiply that by 8 million. That's pretty big, isn't it? I'll tell you how big it is. There's a couple examples they said in the book I was reading. Number one, uh, it's so big that if you took the edge of it and touched our sun, the other edge of it would go past Jupiter, That's a lot of space, isn't it? That's a big chunk of something. Gas and everything else. a Huge, huge thing. And they said, another way to look at it, if you were in a jet airplane and you were flying at, say, 600 miles an hour and you started on one end of that sun and could fly at 600 miles an hour, 24 hours a day, and you lived to be 100, you wouldn't make it around it once in your lifetime flying 24 hours a day at 600 miles an hour. You wouldn't even make it around that planet, that huge place, in a lifetime. Pretty big. Now, (laughs) we understand that, and they're still discovering big things in the skies. We're still amazed at the immensity of the universe and the smallness of us. Within my body and your body are numbers of cells. I, MIT people put out something that said approximately, they have, they've guessed. And there's the only way they can guess. Known stars and anticipated stars and good guesses at stars and planets. If they were all the size of an atom, it would be approximately the size of our body, the universe. If all the, the, the stars and and planets and Known objects in the universe that are large were reduced to the size of an atom, it would come down to about a six-foot man. Is that amazing? Isn't it interesting in the Bible it uses the term Adam and Adam? I mean, one's with the T, the atom, and then there's Adam, Adam. Similar, Jesus became Adam for us. He became the first man. He became the man of the New Testament. He came out of a heavenly realm that controls these mega planets, controls the mega universe, the God that's in charge of it. His only begotten son, Jesus, came and became an Adam. He became like a a singular cell in comparison to what he was. And he did it because he loved us so much. Now, You say uh, you lost me somewhere on the thing about the sun and Jupiter, but anyway, uh, me too. I, my mind isn't capable of really imagining how big that is, or how small the cells inside of us are. But I know this: God loves me, and God loves you. Why a God with that kind of power, that kind of authority? that kind of control would love a guy like me has to be the wonder of the universe. (laughs) It has to be the wonder of the universe that he still wants to talk to you and wants to talk to me. It has to be a most wonderful thing to imagine a God with that kind of size, power, and authority still wants to hear my voice, still cares about me, still loves me. What an awesome universe we live in. And what an awesome God who controls the universe we love and loves us. It absolutely blows my mind. It's so big. Um, I think it's interesting because the people at uh, MIT have done a lot of calculus and studies on sizes of the universe and plants. Every time they, they go through it, they realize there's such a pattern and, and such a, a centra, centrality of all of it. You know what the most central part of the universe is? Is you and me. Of all the measurements in the universe, these people who do, do the calculus and physics have declared that if you took all the largest measurements that they know in the universe and all the smallest measurements that they know in the universe and divided it and found the middle, you know what size it would be? about six feet by two feet. That's the center of the universe. It's within us. What an awesome God we serve. That he made everything balance. He made everything count. He made everything perfect. And while he did it, he says, I love you, I love you, I love you. Uh, The Bible says, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercy endures forever. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies endure forever. Jeremiah wrote that in the book of Lamentations chapter 3. His love never ends. His love never stops. His love increases, in fact, in our lives. You say, well, on a human scale, we sort of love people by the fact that they do Loving things to us. We really do. Let's be honest. We love our kids because they hug us. You know, we love our wife or our husband because they love us. We love certain things in life because it has a positive return upon us. But God loved us while we were yet sinners. God loved us while we were still reprobates, while we still denied His existence, while we said, that can't be true. God says, I still love you. I still love you. I will always love you. I will never give up on you. You are mine. I will love you and love you and love you and love you. Don't forget it. Don't forget. He says, I love you. I love you. You know, um, I think about the Bible, how wonderful it is, and all the things that the that, that Bible meant to me. And it, one of the things the Bible says, it says, you are loved. It says it over and over. It says I am seeking you. God says I'm seeking you. And something says it even better than seeking us. He says, "I will find you." <laughs> I will find you with love. Oh, there are some people who preach about an angry God and a God of of justice who must eradicate sin and sinful intentions. And, you know, I'll be honest. I know God is, is a God of judgment. I know God is a God of anger at times. But there's the wonder of his love outweighs even the anger and judgment of God. For he loves the world so much. He's invested so much for you and me. He has made this universe as his own personal place where he can have us. And have all the measure and balance of the universe and people have asked me, do you think there's other places like the earth? I said, there well could be. Oops, excuse me. Oh, I just lost my ear. Sorry, sound people. How's that? Okay. Uh, and I, I understand that some people are skeptical whether it could be. I don't know. But I know one thing God's big enough, He could do it. He could do it. This huge, huge place called the universe. God loves you and me here right now. Awesome God, awesome God. Well, our scripture for today is found in Psalms chapter 18. I'd like you to read, if you have your Bibles there, I think we're gonna have it up on the screen too. A familiar portion of scripture. Wow, yeah, that's it. And this might be slightly different. I have a, a living translation. It's a little older, so it might not be word for word, but it'd be close. Verse 25, to the faithful, he's talking about God, to the faithful, you show yourself faithful, right? What's that say? To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. Hey, that's great. To those with integrity, you show integrity. God says, I'm looking, if I find a faithful person, I'm gonna treat him as a faithful person. If I find a person of integrity, I'll deal with them with integrity. He goes on. He says, to the pure You show yourself pure. Yeah. But to the crooked or the evil, you show yourself shrewd. Or some translations say you outwit them. To the very evil, you outthink them. You outwit them. Then it says um, to rescue the humble, you you humiliate the proud. You light the lamp for me. The Lord, my God, lights up my darkness. In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. I can run through a troop, leap over any wall. Remember that song? I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's exactly where I was taken, right out of that verse there. God's ways, God's way, in verse 30 says, is perfect. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. God's ways are perfect. Here's, here's the way of God. He loves you. Can I say it again? I, I Tim, that, That's been on my heart all week when I got this sermon ready. I, I thought, somebody needs to hear this so desperately. God loves you. Don't forget it. Don't wrestle with it anymore. Accept it. He loves you. Um, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercy endures forever. You know the wonder of God's love is something like this. It abounds throughout all of the word. All the word love is abounding. Amen? It's there. It's there. Uh, it's it's overflowing in his son Jesus. I see Jesus on the cross and I see love, don't you? I don't see anger. I don't see revenge. I don't see justice, and I'm going to crush all the bad things of the earth. I see a Savior who says, "I love you. I love you. Why would I die such a life, like, or die from such a life as I have lived, if I did not love you?" He says, "I love you. Please remember, I love you." And then the third thing is that the essence of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit says, "God." loves us. The essence of his outpouring, the essence of the walk in the Holy Spirit today is something that says, I love you. I love you. So the whole Bible, all of Jesus, all of the Father, and all of the Holy Spirit, the very outpouring of all these things says, I really love you. I believe that love is the pivot where God is able to handle all of us How does God do it? How does God know what I'm thinking when he knows what you're thinking? I'll tell you what, I don't even understand a computer, let alone understand God. How can a computer multiply, divide, subtract, communicate, find information, do all the other things it does? It does a million other things other than that. All within a few small spaces. It does all that. Almighty, God can do so much more than a computer. His mind is greater, higher. If he created this vast universe, if he created our earth, if he created our United States, if he created our home and our lives, in fact, you and me, I know he can handle what's going on in my mind and your mind and everyone else's mind because he is God. He is awesome. He is wonder. The wonder of his love. The wonder of his intelligence. Because we try to reduce God down to something I can think through. How could I ever think about 25 people? I'll be honest. I have a hard time keeping up with myself. And I definitely can't keep up with Marianne. When I'm what, wondering what she's thinking. Only God. He's an awesome God. And he loves you. He never ever stops loving you. Well, I want to tell you a story. Uh, Well, first of all, this pivot thing. I want to go back to that just for a moment. I think of the love of God as a pivot for God. If I was out in the forest and I I had only an axe, and I had to get firewood, and uh, it was necessary for me to chop down a tree, I I probably could do it with an axe. It'd take a while. You and I, we could do it, couldn't we? It'd take a while. We'd we'd fall that tree, And there's our potential firewood. Now what do I do? Well, one of the things is usually when you fall a tree, they're not in good position. You have to trim it up, and then you've got to move that big log. You might be able to cut it in half, reduce some of the weight, but even half of a log is really, really heavy, isn't it? So what can you do? You know what I found out? If you lift one end of a heavy log, there's a pivot point there. You lift this heavy end, you finally get on your shoulders. That other end is on a pivot. And because it's on a pivot, you can move it quite a bit at one side to the other. Because the weight rests on that pivot point. May I say that God is the pivot point of your love? I know you're saying, I, I need his love so much. I don't know how he could ever handle me. I don't know how he could ever handle my family's this. I don't know how he could ever handle the future. I want to just say God picks up that log on his shoulder and he moves it around easily. <laughs> he, just, he pivots. He pivots and takes care of you all the time because he loves you so much. Very much. He loves you. Um, The Bible says. He who is the glory of Israel. Will not lie. Nor will he change his mind. For he is not human. That he should change his mind. God does not lie. God does not change his mind. God will pivot your life. Take care of you. God will love you, hold you, and lift you up. I'll tell you a little story about my dad. Uh, Most of you probably haven't heard too many things about my dad. My dad was an interesting man. He was born in 1908. And um, in 1908, uh, he lived in Missouri, northern Missouri. And his daddy, my grandfather, who I, of course, never met, was a coal miner, and uh, my dad, when he was seven years old, his parents were killed in an automobile, automobile accident. Now you think about, about that. That was, that was uh, 1915, and those cars were going at a rapid speed of 30 miles an hour. <laughs> so that had to be quite a wreck. And I never heard exactly what happened, but they were killed in, they were both killed my grandmother and my grandfather of uh, my dad. He was adopted by his aunt, who lived in Iowa. That's how my dad ended up in Iowa. Now, as a little boy, he said he often had the opportunity to go with his dad down into the mine. His dad was a coal miner in northern Missouri, and they have what they call soft coal. It's dirty coal. You know, it it burns really good, but it it puts off a lot of smoke and, and pollution, so they don't mine it much anymore, but they used to mine it all the time. Never, never thought anything about it. Just it was dirty coal, and also it's the number one killer of lung disease too, black lung disease, because it's soft coal. Well, anyway, my dad talks about it. Being a little boy, he'd go down the shaft, which was about 120 feet deep. They had an like an elevator shaft that would go down, 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 and then it flatten out. And they had two elevators, one that would carry about 10, 12 guys, and a service elevator that would bring up these big carts of coal. And uh, so, he said, I'd gone up and down, that with my dad, as a little boy, many times, and I, I was fascinated by the mine. He said, one day, on a Sunday, he said, in those days, they closed the mine on Sunday. Nobody worked on Sunday, the mine was closed, but he said, I knew where the lever was for the to get down in the, in the mine. So on a Sunday afternoon, when no one was looking, he kind of sneaked out of the house and went over to the mine and got on the elevator that would take the men down. And sure enough, fired, got it fired, fired up, hit the lever, and he went down 120 feet. Now, he was smart enough to know that if you go down in the mine, you got to have a lantern. So he took a lantern and lit it and had his lantern. It goes down there, it's really dark. Really, really dark in this. this. He said, uh, the further you go down, the darker you get, you know. 120 feet doesn't sound like much, but imagine from that back wall to beyond that wall, straight down. That's that's a pretty good, you know. So he went down all by himself. No one was in the mine. They shut the mine down on Sunday. So he's down there. He said, you know, I've got my lamp. I'm going to explore. I'm going to explore. So he's like a little guy, like seven, eight years old. And uh, uh, he said, I took off walking through the mine. He said, I was having a great time. He said, but you know how those mines are? There's, there's gusts of wind in mines because there's temperature differences and stuff. And a big gust came in and it blew out his lamp. So here's this little boy. By now, i would walked blocks and blocks into that mine and all by himself, And with no lamp and, oh, he didn't bring any kind of starter, anything to light the lamp with. He was in trouble. And he says, I knew I was in trouble. So he he said, I do what all little boys would do. He said, I started to cry. (laughs) And so he cried. Didn't help. You know, he was lost. He was really lost. And he said, I was so upset. And he said, I cried out, Dad mom, dad, he said, I could hear it echoing through those shafts, mom, he said, it was so dark, I couldn't see anything, I couldn't, my left was dark, my right was dark, in front of me was dark, behind me was dark, every place was dark, and I had, he said, I couldn't do anything, I was scared, he said, i was so scared, I just fell on my little knees, And he said, when I fell on my knees, guess what, he said, there were some rails there, oh, yeah, where they pushed the carts, you know, so he said, you know, if I follow these rails, I, I think it would take me back, whichever way back was. So he just guessed. He said, uh, I think I was going this way. I don't know. So, he, he, so he's on his knees, hands and knees. He's crawling through the mine, feeling the rails along the way. And he said, I, I was down there a long time a long time, he said, hours, I was scared, and he said, I thought I heard something, and he heard a little, he thought he heard a voice way up going, Leo, my dad's name was Leo, Leo, and he said, dad, (laughs) Leo, and he said, I listened, I followed those tracks, and I listened to that voice, and the voice was calling me, and I thought, it's got to be dad. So he said, I, I picked up my pace a little bit. And I could hear the voice. He said, the further I'd go, the louder it would get. Leo, Leo. He said, I thought of a couple of things. Finally, I'm going to go home. Number two, I'm going to get whipped. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, he heard that voice and he followed the voice and he said, you know, I kept crying and finally I made this big turn and I looked and I could see a little bit of light. Just just a tiny bit. But he said, it's so dark in there, I thought I could see some light. And sure enough, it was the light of that main shaft. And so he he picked up his pace a little bit and went, followed the tracks, heard the voice, followed the light, and he found his father. His father was down there with the lantern and a couple of the men. They figured, they figured he was down there because the, the elevator was down, and he was da- gone, and they put two and two together and said, Leo Freeman is probably lost in that mine. And they were scared, too, because they, they said they're big drop-offs, big, scary places in those mines. So he said, I finally got to the place. I, could, I saw the light. I could see my father. I, 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 I'm so glad for everything. He said, we really had a happy reunion. My dad said, I'm glad you're okay, son. And the second thing, he said, don't you ever do that again. You know, the first thing was, I love you. I'm glad you're okay. Don't you ever do that again. Sounds like a real dad, doesn't it? So I'm sharing that story with you this morning for this reason. I don't know how many times I've felt like I was in the dark. I don't know how many times you felt like you're in the dark. I mean, it really feels dark, doesn't it? Just remember, if you get on your knees, you're going to find something. You're going to find a rail. Something gives you hope. And some of you may be on a little skinny rail right now, just hanging on to whatever you can. It doesn't seem like much, but it's there. Don't let go. Don't let go because God loves you. He's looking for you. He's calling your name. He wants you. He cares about you. He loves you. Our great God, our great God will call out to you. In fact, listen. he's calling you. He's calling me. I hear the voice of God saying, I love you. I hear the voice of God saying, I'm not ready to give up on you. I hear the voice of God saying, I'll never let you go. I hear the voice of God saying, I'm bigger than anything else you're going through. I'm bigger, better, greater. And I will love you. I will always love you. I'll never let go. And if you keep looking, you're going to see the light. (laughs) The amazing thing about light, no matter how much darkness is, light always prevails. Amen? It always prevails. You can be in the darkest place, and a single little match can be seen for a long ways. Because light always prevails. And if we keep looking, if we keep going forward, keep our hand on the rail, listen to the voice of God, we'll see the light. And then it won't be long we'll be in the arms of our Father. And you may be in His arms right now here on earth, and that's a good thing. And we all know one day we'll be in the arms of our Father in heaven. Amen? That's okay. That's all right. That's what I preach and teach, and that's what we believe. This little journey of mine for 70 to 120 years is... I I, I thought I'd make that 120 for you, Harley. 120 years is um, short, quick. It's fast. Doesn't it move quick? Man, does it move. Can it be that we're getting towards the end of the first month of the new decade 2020? Is it possible that we're more than halfway through this first month? Yeah. It moves so fast. As life moves fast, as you feel like darkness surrounds you sometimes, may I just reassure you that God loves you his amazing love is for you. I know you, you feel small. So do I. I. I feel like I'm that little dot, you know, and God is a great big God. He says, I don't care how small you are. I don't care how insignificant you feel. I have the same love for you as I had for John the Baptist, Martin Luther, same love as I had for Billy Graham same love as I had for anyone else you want to mention. I love you. I really love you. I want to pray a messy I want to pray a prayer of love over you that you'll walk in his love this week and just feel his love. I know the world's kind of a messed up place and it's so easy to get preoccupied with the world and saying oh, these Democrats and these Republicans and and all these terrorists and all this and that and all the high prices of that. And so it's really easy to get caught up in that and think that's life, but that's not life. Jesus said it best. He said, I'm come. You might have a really happy and abundant life. God loves you. Let's pray. Lord, now we bow and accept your love. We humble ourselves. Lord, we know that we're just a, we're just a molecule. <laughs> we're just an atom in the face of this great universe. And especially in, in your face. Lord, I'm so glad you let us see your face and let us hear your voice and that you love us. Your Bible declares it. Jesus died for it. And the Holy Spirit amplifies it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I pray over this week, Lord, that uh, every man and woman, young person here today and their families will be blessed. I pray a blessing upon them, Lord, as they walk out of this building. Lord, keep them safe, happy, and may they walk in the love of God. Oh, love of God, how rich, how pure, how strong, how glorious we receive that love in Jesus' name, and we we'll give you the glory. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I think I'm safe to assume that probably everyone here is, has had an encounter with God. The only thing God requires in this life, it's interesting, he doesn't require our money. He doesn't require, uh, you know, sacrifices as we think of, you know, like our bodies or something else, our children, <laughs> whatever, he doesn't, he, that's not necessary. But he does require our hearts. He does require this. What I am as a man, God wants. He wants me. He wants me. He wants the people that are gonna go to heaven and love him. Now, if you love yourself a little more than God, you've got some work to do. You've got some work to do because if all you think about is yourself, that means that God's on the throne of your life. You are on the throne of your life. And so that's some work. You've got to unseat yourself from that throne and say, God, take my seat. <laughs> I used to sit on the seat all for myself. I used to be, it always was about me. But Lord, I'm ready to let you sit down and sit in the seat of my heart. That is what God wants from us. He just wants to sit in our hearts. Amen just wants to take over he will meet your need he will meet every need I mean he loves you so much I just said somebody needs to really hear this that you felt like you don't deserve it because you've done this and that and you hope in fact there's some here saying I hope it never gets out that and you can fill in the blank God doesn't care about that that's not important to God what's important is you say I surrender I'm getting off the seat of my life, and I'm going to let you sit down, take control. I know you love me, and I'm going to trust your love, and I'm going to trust you from this day forward to the rest of my life. I will trust Jesus and trust his love, for God so loved the world. He really loves you right now. Would you just bow your heads with me for a moment? And please, no one looking around, please because I'm going to ask a very personal question. No one looking. Don't even try to imagine that you're looking. This is about you, not your neighbor. <sighs> do you need a new baptism of love in your heart? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to ask you why. I'm going to ask you how much. I'm just asking, do you need a new baptism of love? Raise your hand if you are like that. Yeah. Yeah, lots of people. Yeah, yeah, me too. My hand's up. Lots of people say, I just need a new baptism of love. I just want, I just want God. I just want God. Those other things, they'll all come together. If I just put God first. Remember what he said in Matthew 6 and 33? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness And all these things will be added to you if you seek first that great love of God. Lord, now I pray for all who raised their hands honestly, earnestly, realistically. They said, I just want a fresh touch of the love of God. Bless them, Jesus. Bless them, Jesus. The ones who didn't raise their hands but wanted to, God bless them. Bless him, Lord. Bless him, Lord. I've heard supernatural things that happen this week. It says, God says, I love you. See? I'm showing you. I love you. See? I'm telling you. I love you. Now bless us together in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand with me? Praise God. Isn't the love of God something wonderful? What time is it? Well, I only saw three or four people throwing me kisses. And... Uh, <laughs> thanks, guys. Um, but the fact is, you just, it's such a good message, isn't it? The love of God. I mean, all of you can preach it better than me. The love of God. The love of God. The love of God. Grab a hold of your neighbor's hands. We need safety on the road, right? We need safety this week. The best prayers in this church belong to you. You're the prayer people. You know, I'm really excited to be part of this church. We are on the verge of an explosion. We really are. Something is going to happen in this church, folks. Man, man something big. And I get to be a part of it. woo hallelujah. And so do you. But we need to pray for each other because the enemy, the more God begins to do in our lives, the more the enemy wants to hit us. There's an old saying It said, the higher the level, the bigger the devil. Kind of true. Kind of true. The higher the level we go, sort of the bigger the devil. He wants to get after us. But we're going to pray over each other that we'll be safe, solid, sane, and blessed. Amen. Amen. All right. I prayed too many prayers. I need somebody else to pray this prayer. Um, Mary, could I borrow you? Could I borrow you to pray? You just make the chain there. It's okay if I borrow her for her. I'm going to have Mary pray this prayer. And you get
1: this. Oh, Heavenly Father, we're so grateful, Lord, for everything that you do for us. For having a church bell to come to and worship. Lord, we just thank you today, once again, for everything you've done. Lord, I just pray for safety over all of our family, our children, our grandchildren. Moms, dads, grandmas, and grandpas, Lord, that safe travels for them. Lord, I want a special prayer for Pastor He, Pete, and Heather, Lord, today. Lord, just touch their hearts to let them know that their daughter walks with you and that you're going to keep your arms around her and Ben. Lord, I pray for blessings over every person, Lord, that's in this building today. Every step they take this week, Lord, just remind them that you're there to love them and to hold them whenever their need may be. Lord, just touch us, be with us, and let us know. And remember to keep you number one in our lives. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Have a wonderful week. God
0: bless you.